Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Dr. Rick. I'm Mike Claiborne. Dr. Rick Lehman is with us, and our special guest is the Hall of Famer, Ozzie Smith. And we're going to have some fun talking about a number of different things tonight with regard to Ozzie's career, injuries, rehab, things that you all want to know, not only for yourself, but certainly for your loved ones, as we try and give you as much information as we can. And of course, everything is brought to you by good friends from Ermi. Uh, free to move again, free to live again, is what we like to say about them. So first of all, Ozzy, thanks for joining us. Uh, it's a real pleasure to have you on our show. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. How you doing, Dr. Lehman? I'm good, Ozzy. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thank, thank God. <laughs> Well, Rick, why don't you start it off? Because we got a lot of things we want to cover with the wizard. No, well, first of all, thank you very much for uh, your, your time and, and, and participating in this. And really, it, it's an honor to have a Hall of Famer, baseball Hall of Famer, probably one of the greatest shortstops ever on, on the podcast. So I think starting it off, people want to really know about injuries, your injuries, obviously your rotator cuff, and, and kind of how you got past it. How did you have the career you had with the shoulder you had? And we'll start with the shoulder, and we'll talk about other injuries along your career, but that's probably the most amazing of guys like myself, trainers, sports docs, et cetera. Yeah. Well, Rick, that was probably the most serious injury that I had. Uh, of course, as an athlete, you know, you always have a twisted ankle, a broken toe, you know, hit. <laughs> Dumping your toe in the middle of the night and things like that, but uh, the rotator cuff. I, I really uh, believe that the, my greatest accomplishment in the game was being able to play from 1985 to uh, 1996 when I retired with a torn rotator cuff. Now I didn't get the rotator cuff fixed until after I retired when I started playing golf because it started affecting my golf game. Already, <laughs> already squared away and and stuff, but. Uh, the uh, torn rotator cuff actually started. I dove back in the first base and uh, just before the All-Star break in 1985, and it started some impingement. And from that point, um, you know, I, I eventually tore the rotator. And, and and for anybody that's ever had that injury, it's probably one of the most painful and one of the toughest injuries in the world because there's the rotator does so many things. You know, it helps you open the car door. It helps turn the radio dial and and you don't realize that until you know it's torn and so that to me was my greatest accomplishment being able to do those things and continue to play at a high level from 1985 to 1996 with the torn ro rotator cuff of course I couldn't do anything over my head I do everything from down down uh, um, below the uh, 90 degree angle and uh, and it just it was just one of those things that I think the body adapts to and uh, lucky for me, I was athletic enough to be able to make the changes that I needed to make. I learned how to use my, my body more, how to round the ball, and the other instincts took over. And, and did you do anything specific, any kind of training, any kind of type of strengthening? What, what, t tell the listeners kind of what your regimen was from spring well, training on. Well, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> learning how to use um, the surgical tubing for one thing. Uh, learning to do the internal, external rotation, uh, the sword in, the sword out. All of those little small exercises became a part of my uh, everyday routine to try and protect the rotator cuff, try to build those muscles up around it to protect it and, and stuff. So it became a way of life for me. And it was, um, it was something that I learned that I continue to use today. So 
Um, for those out there, all your listeners out there who have ever had to deal with a torn rotator cuff, you know it's not one of the easiest things to deal with. But uh, I was fortunate enough and I guess athletic enough to be able to to work around it. And as I said, that was the greatest accomplishment. That's awesome. Now, in terms of your playing career, what other injuries did you come across? Any Anything else that you had to rehab? Anything else that was a problem? Uh, other than, you know, as you said, kind of the day-to-day nagging things, anything major that you would say, hey, this might have been an impediment, but I was able to get past it? No, uh, the rest of it was, um, you know, were, were the, the things that happen naturally every day. Uh, I can remember getting up in the middle of the night and breaking my toe. And <laughs> Uh, you know, that, that didn't stop me from playing. You know, I hear today a guy broke his finger. Now he can't play tonight. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, I, I guess they don't make them like they used to. But I remember tearing uh, or cutting out uh, the top of my shoe so that there wouldn't be pressure on my on my foot there. And I continued to play with a broken toe. Ozzy, I wanted to ask you about conditioning and training um, as a player then in, in what you do now, because you maintain pretty good conditioning and stayed in great shape since your career was over. I can't say that for everybody that we run across in professional sports, but what have you been able to do and what are some of the things you tried to live by? Well, first of all, let me say thank you to you, Mike, because you introduced me to a guy back in 1987 by the name of Mackie Shillstone. <laughs> who took Michael Swings from a light heavy to a heavyweight. And um, he worked out in New Orleans. And uh, my introduction with him is really what allowed me to play a few more extra years. Uh, I went to Mackie and, and, and told Mackie that I wanted to put on some, uh, some more pounds, but I didn't want to lose any flexibility. And we were able to do that. And, and Mackie remains my friend to today. And the things that we worked on, um, when I was when I was going down there to see him are things that I use today. Um, it, it was kind of a um, a lifestyle, and I use that today to try and keep myself in good shape. I do have a trainer that I that comes over to the house three days a week, you know. So it, um, it's a lifestyle for me. Yeah, and that's something that you mentioned a lifestyle. I, I think some people look at training and working out as a as an arduous task, but once you get used to it, and obviously, Doctor Rick, you know it better than anyone. Once you see the results, you accept it, and it seems like it's just as you mentioned, it's a lifestyle. So it's not something you're pushing back on on a regular basis compared to some people who are just like, oh, I got to go to the gym. I got to, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things. Once you see the results. You sign up for the next day, no questions asked. Well, that's it. I, I mean, you have to see results. And I think the quicker you can see results, the uh, the more you get into it. Uh, for me, the hardest part is getting started. Once I get started, you know, it's uh, it's things. So it becomes a mind over matter. And if you don't mind, then it should be. <laughs> <laughs> so getting started in the morning. And once I do that, um, you know, it's 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 clear sailing. And I've gotten to a point now to where when I don't do it, I feel it and I feel guilty. Right. I think that's the key right there. Is it's a positive addiction. And when you don't work out, you're always thinking, why didn't I work out? I should have worked out. And it bothers you. And once you get to that point, it's easy. And Claves, you, you know, you had a lifestyle. You, you lost a ton of weight. You're getting into shape. You look great. Uh, you didn't do that just by luck. And there's no gimmicks. As, as you said, Oz, you got to do it every day. It's got to be a lifestyle. I knew Mackey a little bit back in the day, and, and he truly was ahead of his time as you were going down there and working out. And that was pre when 
athletes really didn't do that. That that wasn't now it's kind of common. We go to IMG, we go to these different places, we send our athletes to get ready for the combine or spring training. But back in the day, that was, you know, that was kind of a, a, a sort of a state of the art thing. So tell us about that a little bit. You went down to New Orleans, you worked out with Mackey. Was he specifically working on your shoulder, just your general conditioning? Kind of what happened down there? We did it all. Um, you know, it was um, it wasn't just weightlifting. It was nutrition. It was learning how to to keep your body in good shape and uh, how to eat well. And it's things that you were able, that I was able to take with me throughout the rest of my life. You know, the things that I use today. So we combined nutrition and and um, and weight training. And um, you know, I've gotten up to almost 190 pounds at one point that they were calling me a bull. I look like a bulldog. <laughs> that, but one of the things that I learned through the process was that that was a little bit more weight than, uh, than my frame could carry. So I had to kind of back off a little bit, you know, so that I could maintain my mobility and flexibility. And, um, you know, with Mackie uh, by my side, we were able to do that. And, you know, I got a, uh, got a lot stronger. As the season went on, I was able to put two season two uh, two halves together, and, and that's what I was trying to accomplish. Wow, that's amazing! And and, and it sounds like you still believe and and work through those principles. You have a trainer, and I think for people out there listening, I, I think a couple things. One, if if today were back in 1985, we'd probably say let's go to over to Ozzy's Regeneration Center, maybe get a PRP injection. But there wasn't any PRP back then. So you had to do it on your own. And, you know, there are things now that you guys are doing in your center that I think augment that whole process of training, uh, self-healing, trying to avoid surgery, et cetera. Yes. You know, definitely. I was one of those guys that are always looking for a different way to do it. And uh, all, all in trying to stay healthy, in the name of trying to stay healthy. You know, so uh, I met these guys probably about six, seven years ago. And I went down to Paducah, Kentucky. And. I still having a little stiffness in my shoulder and that's when they introduced me to PRP and stem cell. And there were so many people going from here in, in St. Louis down to Paducah that they asked me if they opened a clinic here, would I be willing to be partner to partner with them? And I did. And now we have six or seven clinics and um, things are going well. We're giving people their lives back um, by not having to go in the knife. And uh, it's just been a great uh, experience for me. And you know, technology and stuff continues to grow, and it's just getting better and better as the days go go on. I, I wanted to ask you about the Ozzy, uh, the Regeneration Center, the Ozzy Smith IMAC Regeneration Center. There's one in St. Louis, as you mentioned, and there, there you have a few more spread around the area. Uh, and this is something I want to ask you as well, Rick. When it comes to regeneration, uh, this is kind of a new territory for a lot of people. So, from a rehab standpoint, Rick, what do you see in regeneration now? compared to when Ozzy was playing and how much of a game changer has it been, especially when you have uh, companies like Ermi where they get involved in the rehab and making sure the range of motion continues. What's the, how much have we narrowed that gap from when Ozzy was playing and when he had his situation to compare to where we are now? Well, you know, it's interesting. I think Ozzy <laughs> kind of was on the forefront. He rehabbed rotator cuff care, which is amazing, especially as a shortstop. Uh, I think today he probably would have had, a PRP stem cell combination. Um, we'd send them over to the Ozzie Smith Center. They would inject them or maybe BMAC, bone marrow, aspirate. And I think that combination changes the environment of the shoulder. 
and allows the inflammation to resolve and enhances the healing or, or decreases the inflammatory response. So strengthening enhances the healing. So it's a game changer for my practice, which, you know, high level athletes. And I think the pro kids, we do it on a routine basis. If someone gets hurt in the Olympic trials, we'll fly them down and we'll, we'll inject them. And, and I just think that that's something that's just going to continue, as Ozzy said, to progress. I mean, that's where all the, the improvements, that's where all the research is going. And I would say that the regenerate, Ozzy's Regeneration Center will be on the forefront. They'll be looking at different types of stem cells, different cultures of stem cells, et cetera. And that is where the growth is going to be. We're not going to get that much better at fixing a rotator cuff. Right. Well, you know, let's talk about uh, the platelet plasma, which is called PRP. And it, it's the healing property in the body. And so when you hear them talk about, and I know it confuses a lot of people when they talk about spinning the blood. Well, basically what you do is you, you draw someone's blood, you take it, <clears> and you <throat> it down, and, and from that comes a serum. And those are the platelets that you take and you replace, you put that in the injured area, and that promotes the healing. That's the PRP. And then, of course, you have stem cell, which is more like your DNA. Um, you, you get We try and get that. Uh, doc, you have to come up with the name. I'm not a doctor, so the name's the <laughs> You get it from around the uh, – get it from the well, – Well, so we're going to try to harvest the stem cells, and we're going to try to harvest – and you're right. It's the DNA. Uh, it's pluripotential cells, immature cells. And when we inject them, they can become anything that – the environment will allow. So they can become cartilage cells if you have arthritis. They can become collagen cells if you have a torn rotator cuff. And those pluripotential cells, then they're like little babies and they grow up to be uh, similar to the environment and, and again, enhance the healing. And that combination, and just like you said, Ozzy, what you're putting in there, you know, what makes your skin heal? What makes your a fracture heal? Those are called cytokines. And what you're doing is you're getting a high concentration of those in the platelets and you're putting them just like you said in the bad area to enhance the healing. Yes. I have nothing to add to that. I just took <laughs> another biology class here all of a sudden. <laughs> hey, you know, when it, when it comes to rehab and the regeneration center is involved in that as well, Ozzy, the, the, the rehab equipment that they have now, uh, certainly provided by Ermi, which is in a lot of rehab centers, Range of motion is something we hear so much about. What were some of the things you had to do in order to continue to have range of motion as you were trying to make sure you could stay on the field? Well, stretching is always it's always important, you know, even when you're when you're healthy, you know, stretching those muscles and making sure that they they have um, elasticity. So uh, that becomes a very important part of strengthening a muscle as well, you know, being able to to do that. And that's one of the reasons that I was using the uh, surgical tubing, you know, you, you probably saw me running around. I always mm -hmm. with me when I was sitting around just doing nothing. I was working on my internal and external rotation and all the little muscles doing the things that strengthen the little muscles around that rotator cuff that was going to protect it as much as possible. So I, I think that's amazing. And I think that's a lesson to be learned for, for all our young athletes out there. And, and, and that's kind of the routine day-to-day -day things you need to do if you want to play at that level. And, and you're 100% right. That's strengthening your rotator cuff, doing your surgical tubing, your stretching, making sure that you're warmed up before you get on the field. And that has to be that, – that, that's like brushing your teeth. you got to do that day after day after day. And if you can fill your time, your dead time – like I, I have patients and they tell me they're standing in line 
somewhere and they're doing toe raises because they just had ACL surgery. And, you know, if you can feel your dead time doing something productive like that, that's amazing. So all the people out there with rotator cuff pathology, partial tears, impingement, you know, think of that. And, and if you can do those, ex people say, oh, I don't have time to do the exercises. Well, you got plenty of dead time during the day. Do your exercises. Yeah, well, let me say this here. You know, when you're young, you do talk about stretching. You know, you go out there and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to stretch <laughs> get to it. But as I've aged, I realize at how important that is. And you can't stress that enough to young people, not even professional athletes. You know, some guys just come right out and, you know, they they, they just throw the, the heart as hard as they can right off the bat. You know, well, that'll catch up with you eventually if you don't go out and start loosening yourself up and, and getting that blood flowing to certain areas. Hey, Ozzy, uh, for you, baseball is over as far as you playing. What other activities do you get yourself involved in? I know you enjoy playing golf. And what sort of challenges do you deal with physically from that standpoint? Because as we get older, you know, some things don't work as well as they used to. So what are some of the other activities you like to participate well, in? I love golf. And I think all of us gravitate to golf because, you know, it's a, it fills that competitive void in your life. And, and probably it's probably more of battling yourself than it is the people you're playing against. You know, it's that challenge of being able to go out and get yourself in a position where you're going to be respectable each and every time out. It's a game that you know you'll never um, you, you'll master. master it. <laughs> you know, so you're trying to get yourself to a point to where you're just able to, to say that, you know, I'm consistent and I know I'm going to shoot between, say, 75 and 80. And that's what you got to live with, man. You know, I, I don't know. If <laughs> <laughs> better at that once you reach the age you know but it's it's about competing and and competing with oneself that i think that drives you more than anything else and um i just got back from greenville south carolina where i had a chance to play in the uh, bmw over there and i usually go out to uh to tahoe i didn't i didn't make it this year for some reason i don't know who i got to talk to about that but uh <laughs> i did that for a I get to play in some some wonderful tournaments and stuff, and I have a uh, a group that I've been able to travel with. They're out of Pittsburgh, that I've been able to travel to Scotland and Ireland and and stuff. So you know, I've had a chance to do some wonderful things in my life, and uh, I'm just continuing to live, man. Trying to. Hey, who are who are some of the best athletes that you you played with? and played against in baseball and some of the best golfers you play with who maybe were former athletes in another sport, but found to be pretty good golfers out there. Well, um, as far as athletes go, Dave Winfield was probably one of the best all around athletes that I had a chance to play with. Uh, when I broke it in 78, he was one of the best. And then I had a chance to watch Andre Dawson, uh, perform in Montreal and, and he was, he was dangerous. Uh, as far as golf goes, um, John Smoltz probably is the best golfer I've had a chance to play with. Although, uh, the left-hander that used to play here, um, um, Mark Mulder, Mark Mulder, Mark Mulder is a, is a good golfer as well. You know, so, uh, baseball players have, and, and hockey players have been the guys who have had um, the most success with golf since they retired and, and stuff. And I get to see Grant Fuhrer in a lot of tournaments and he can hit it a mile and, and he's a pretty good player. Of course, Vince Coleman, uh, two weeks ago, I was with uh, Gary Templeton and Vince and Marcus Allen and, 
and, and everybody. So, you know, I still get a chance to see the guys and we, we battle, we still do battle. And a lot of trash talking still going on up there. <laughs> and the lies have gotten bigger. That's it. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to ask both you guys, uh, as people watch and listen to this, especially parents and, and youngsters as well, what advice do you give them about how they are able to maintain uh, a physical presence, also being able to have good practice and habits, not just going out and playing, but certainly training and making sure, as you touched on something earlier, Ozzy, about stretching. Uh, stretching doesn't apply to people over the age of 50 years old. It, it probably isn't a bad idea to start it at an earlier stage. So, Rick and Ozzy, give us a little advice on some things parents and, and athletes can take away from today. Well, I'll do it real quick here. You know, the one thing that I always try and leave with young people is that I know that in life, I'm only going to get out of it what I put in. If I don't put anything in, then I shouldn't expect anything in return. And that's life. And so if you love your sport or, or whatever it is you choose to do in your life, there has to be some blood, some sweat, some tears. And no success comes without the blood, the sweat and the tears. Rick, what about you? You know, I, I think that's a great message. And, and, and I think guys like Ozzy, really, Roger Federer, there's guys out there, they just live their lifestyle right. You know, they, 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 they knew what they had to do. Just like Ozzy said, they put the time in, they did all the right things, and they got the, their just rewards. And I think for parents, I think your kids really need to have a commitment to their sport. And, and it means not being on the Internet all night. It means not going out all night. It means not being on Snapchat. And really, although cameo is a good idea, wouldn't although you say? Although cameo is great, <laughs> make money there. <laughs> but, so, Rick, is, Rick is right. You know, I tell I used to tell my kid, I can't want it more than you want it. And a parent shouldn't be sitting around saying to his kid, "You shouldn't you be out practicing?" If a kid loves something, then. He's going to be he's going to do it and he's going to do it without being told to do it. And if he finds that thing early enough in life, he'll never work a day in his life. That's right. All right. Well, fellas, this has been a blast and uh, just having a chance to hear you guys go back and forth about uh, something that we don't pay attention to until we get hurt. But for you guys to talk a lot about some of the things you've experienced, it's been a blast. And we want to thank our folks from Ermi, uh, because anytime you go rehab somewhere and you're trying to expand range of motion, you're probably using their equipment. And of course, check out Ozzy Smith Center. Uh, go online, check them out. It's called OzzySmithCenter.com. And just check them out. If you need to talk to somebody about your personal situation or maybe a family member and you want them to have more fun in their life or your life, you ought to go to OzzySmithCenter.com, check them out, and I'm sure they can get you on the right path like they've done many of my friends over the course of time, and they can do the same for you. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. Rick, it's always good chatting with you and the Hall of Famer, Ozzy Smith. We certainly appreciate <laughs> you taking the time today, sir, and visiting with us and sharing your knowledge. All right, man. Back to my cameos. There you go. <laughs> He's Rick Lehman. He's Ozzy Smith. I'm Mike Claiborne. We thank you for watching here on ClavesOnline.com. Scar tissue left behind by an injury or surgery can reduce normal joint function and limit range of motion. 15% of patients struggle with chronic pain and long-term functional disability because of scar tissue. For these patients, the ability to work is limited. Treatment is more costly. Repeat surgery is risky. 
but there is a better, clinically proven solution. ERMI is the standard of care for non-operative treatment of patients with severe motion loss. Our service rescues patients who have not responded to standard motion recovery therapy. We have supported the treatment and recovery of more than 100,000 patients with a 90% success rate and zero complications. With ERMI, patients are free to move again, free to live again. ERMI is not a brace, and it's not just a product. We're a team of doctors, engineers, and professionals dedicated to the science of range of motion. Our specialized equipment is part of a step therapy program that works in partnership with the patient's clinical team. For more information, please visit our website.